Hello and welcome to Tranquil Awakenings with me, Debbie Ison. Thank you for joining me today. On today's episode, I welcome my special guest, Victoria, who, through exploring her chronic health complaints, found a new sense of well-being, allowing herself to heal mentally, emotionally and physically. During this episode, we are going to discuss her journey going from ill health to vibrant health. So I welcome Victoria onto the show. I've got here with me today, Victoria. So thank you ever so much for coming. So I met you last year. You joined me on my past life regression therapist training course. And it's been an absolutely fascinating year. It's been wonderful to watch you continue on your personal journey. And we've had quite an interesting experience right at the end of the course, which we'll talk about in a little while. But the reason I wanted to bring you here today to chat with me is because you've gone on such a healing journey throughout your life, throughout your adult life, to get you into a state of physical, mental, emotional and spiritual well-being. So I wanted to share your story because I think it could really help and inspire others. So I think we should start from the beginning. So going all the way back to sort of when you were first diagnosed with different illnesses. Okay. Um, so I think the first experience was um, when I actually went to the doctors with uh, depression, real deep depression I had, and they'd put me on Prozac and they'd start me on 10 milligrams, 20 milligrams. I was going up to 60 milligrams and it's, it had made me worse and worse and worse. And I was at, I'd actually gone from depressed, uh, feeling depressed to suicidal. Gosh. That's... And and I just thought, wow, these, these aren't working. So obviously I need more. So I'd go back to the doctors and I'd get it upped and upped and upped. And um I had an appointment made um to see the doctor. Um he was going to up it from 60 milligrams to 80 milligrams. And uh the doctor was sick that day. So uh the the receptionist lady said we do have a locum doctor in would you be all right seeing her instead? And I was just desperate for more drugs, if I'm honest. And I said, yes, yes, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't care. Um, I don't care who's going to write the prescription. You know, that's that's all I was there for. Um, and I went in. I had my big double pram. I had two babies in the pram. Um, and I just, I saw this lady sat at the desk and she was dressed in head to toe in, in white. And she just had this glow about her. And I thought, oh, and I just, I don't know, I felt at ease. I didn't particularly like the other doctor, to be fair, my my regular one. And I would just go in, ask for what I wanted and leave. But this lady just made me feel really at ease. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was just, I think she had a real peaceful, um, you know, vibe about her, I guess I would say now. I didn't know what I was feeling at the time. But she sat me down and she said, what's wrong? And I said, I just want um, you to up my my drugs for me. (laughs) Um, And she said, well, no, I want to talk to you first. And she sat me there for about 20 minutes. And I I just remember crying, crying. telling her everything that had happened to me. And she said, what you've got is is stress and you've got disconnection from spirit. Um, wow. She said, you don't need medication. She said, I'd like you to go away and read these books. And she gave me a list of books to read. Um, one of them was The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Um, that went way over my head, by the way, that it was a good few years before I actually understood that book. But the other ones, I think, were both by Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay and a few other people. And I, I got those and mm-hmm. I understood those. And she told me to go away and find a meditation teacher. So I went home, got on Google and booked a meditation course there and then. 
Wow. Um, and that was basically my story, um, my, the beginnings of that journey, because the meditation led me to self-awareness. It led me to reconnecting with my spirit. Um, and that disconnection that a lot of us feel, where we feel lost, we feel hopelessness, we feel like we don't have a purpose in life. I really found all of those things in meditation. That's incredible. And it's just amazing how that doctor just appeared at that moment in time when you yeah. needed that alternative being presented to you. I call her my earth angel because she just looked like an angel. Oh, and I think it's what was really interesting that I liked about the story is you said that you went back to the doctor's surgery because you wanted to thank her. Yeah. And, and what happened when you did that? Well, I went back and um, I spoke to the receptionist and I said, I'd, I'd like to see the locum doctor, but I, c- I couldn't remember her name for s- some reason. I mean, I suppose you see so many doctors when you go in and out. I couldn't remember her name. I'd only seen her that once. And she, they said, I'm sorry, we, d- we don't know who you're talking about. I was like, that Indian lady, she was dressed in head to toe in, in white. She, um, you know, she just had white all over. You, you must remember her. No, sorry. She went and asked the other receptionist, do you, do you remember this lady? No, I don't remember that lady. No one could find her. They didn't know what her name was. They didn't know who she was. And so th- from there on in, she was just my earth angel. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. What a magical experience. It was lovely. And it really proved, in fact, you've got a picture above you, Debbie, of a white angel there. And yeah, she just looked like she was glowing. And now I would say, you know, knowing what I know now, that I could just see her pure aura. It Amazing. Just, yeah, beautiful. Well, what a transformative experience. Yes, it was. So where did it lead you from there? Um, so basically that self-awareness that you, you get from meditation, because meditation isn't just sitting there closing your eyes and making your brain go blank. It's um, That was my biggest misconception about it myself. Mm-hmm. And I kept feeling like I was failing. And I remember saying to someone, I just can't do it. I'm really, I, I keep failing at meditation. Well, what are you failing at? Well, I can't make my go- brain go blank. I think too much. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, no, 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 that's not the point of it. It's about becoming self-aware. And you do get those glimpses of silence when nothing happens. And they're amazing. But that's not, what it's all about it's about self-awareness and you know reconnecting and I think that's an amazing message to put out there because I know a lot of people that I know have attempted meditation but they feel it's too big a task or that they can't get their mind still yeah and it doesn't have to be about that it's about that process and that journey of reconnecting with yourself getting to know yourself and your wants and needs yes and I was a busy mum at that time um, I had three kids, two of them were under the age of four at that time. Um, and so I kept saying to my meditation, my meditation teacher, I can't, <clears throat> I can't sit there and meditate for 20 minutes twice a day. It's just, uh, if I did that, I'd fall asleep because mm-hmm. I was lacking in sleep. <laughs> um, and she said, you know what, actually, that's okay. If you're getting good, solid 20 minutes of sleep, that's fine. Um, but then she also taught me some other techniques. So, um, you know, mindfulness. So I would cook mindfully I would chop all my vegetables mindfully and what I noticed from that was I was actually putting love into the food and the food you know tasted so much better um people would think that mad but I'd suggest you go and try it because it actually really does work and I think even thinking about I'm glad you've said that because even from a practical perspective I normally use meal times when I'm preparing the meals for everyone also as an opportunity to be responding to client emails and probably listening to a podcast or some music. Yeah. I'm also making some notes on something that's in my mind. Yeah. And when I'm doing too many activities like that, 
the food often doesn't end up yes. very good quality because yes. things get overcooked, undercooked. Yes. I don't get everything in on time. Yeah. So just from a practical point of view, if I could just focus on that one activity, yeah. the food would be a lot better. Yeah. I do also agree with you about that love yes. and that intention putting into it as <laughs> and well. And that's your 20-minute meditation done for the day. You don't have to be sat there with your eyes closed in the lotus position. I can't do that anyway because I wouldn't be able to get back up again. <laughs> um, but you can be meditating whilst basically meditation is focused concentration for any period of time you can do that for five minutes um you know sometimes when I've really needed it I've done it for an hour but beginners I would suggest just really mindfully chopping your vegetables for dinner or Mm -hmm. your salad for lunch or whatever and that's that's it done you you've you've mastered it if you can do that you know that real concentration that focus not thinking about anything else and if other thoughts come in you just say okay I, I, if something comes into my head I don't know a task that I've got to do tomorrow I name it so I'll be like okay call the doctors call the school whatever it is and then I'm like oh, I'm aware you're there and let it go amazing and bring yourself back to the task at hand that's really positive and I think that's a good reminder because I think we're so busy in our society and in our lives we've often got many, many things all rushing around our brain at the same time. And it can become very overwhelming, which then leads to stress and burnout. Well, I've read that every human has between 60 and 80,000 thoughts every single day. That's phenomenal. And the majority of them, I think it's something like 95% of them are negative, repetitive thoughts that you have every single day. That might be putting yourself down, um, thinking negatively about something that's happened in your day, um, so being aware of it is the first thing. Secondly, you can rewire your brain, believe it or not, mm-hmm. to think differently. Um, I'm a I'm a survivor of like you know childhood trauma. My brain was wired to always think negatively, so badly. Um, and every thought I had, I would just be so negative. And I became aware of that, and I thought, oh God, how do I change this? Um, so I would do self hypnosis. Actually, I found oh, um, hypnosis. Uh, videos free on YouTube you know for whatever it Mm -hmm. might be and I would just listen to them every single day Um, not necessarily with my eyes closed like I said I was so busy at the time and so every time something negative came into my head I would just reframe it or for every negative I'd think of three positives (laughs) that's fantastic and I think when you become aware of your thoughts Mm. you can then actively and proactively do something better or different for yourself yes but I think I say you were a survivor you'd had all this trauma throughout your life Mm. and also because then you had all those negative thoughts it really had a negative impact on your health and well-being didn't it you got to a real low point yeah even after the depression yeah other things happened to you of course you know life's a never-ending cycle and I think when people do have trauma in their lives it's a bit like that Pavlov's bell do you remember that yeah you're just wired to always think negatively if something triggers it and Mm -hmm. it could be something really small Um, so you have to kind of work on being aware of your triggers you have to work on being just aware of those negative thoughts so many of us walk around unaware of what we're thinking most definitely we wonder why our you know our moods are low or our vibrations are low and we can't seem to get ourselves to these places that other people speak of of four and five d you know we're like what's that I can't even get through the day (laughs) and I know that's been a huge thing for me because I think I chronically worried chronic overthinking I used to feel stressed overwhelmed all the time and I would ruminate on the negative things that had gone wrong 
And I was one of those people that was always low-level illness. I'm very, very sensitive and very in tune with my body. Yes. But I always had a cold, a headache, Same. a slight stomach bug. Yeah. And just felt exhausted. Yes. But as soon yeah. as I started to change my thought patterns and my beliefs about myself, yes. that all shifted. Yeah. And I have moments of stillness in my mind throughout the day now mm-hmm. where there's just nothing going on. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's great, isn't it? Or there's just happy thoughts. Yeah. And it's made me realise just how much of my time was spent thinking about things that were holding me back. Yeah. I, I'm in the same place as you now. And I still have to catch myself, though, because I still suffer with exhaustion but I think that's sometimes because I I seem to attract people that just want to tell me their life stories all the time being an <laughs> empath and I don't mind it but I, I, I do forget to psychically protect myself all the time and when it comes in and you haven't protected yourself it just leaves you absolutely drained. It does and I mean I'm a very big advocate of psychic self-defense there's yes. loads of different ways to do it but it's yeah. that grounding protecting cleansing yourself absolutely because when we're working with colleagues when we've got family coming in and out of the home Mm -hmm. when we're meeting people on the school run or even in the shops we end up having an exchange of energies yeah and it can leave us depleted because we end up with those attachments and connections to others without even realizing yeah and that's why I ended up creating my online psychic self-defense program because a lot of people are just not aware of how to protect themselves in that way no or there are people like us that are aware but then we end up getting busy, other things take over and we let it slip. Mm-hmm. And that's then when our energy starts to feel depleted again. Yeah. So it's just that reminder that we need to yeah. every day take a few moments to ground yourself, yeah. do cleansing rituals. So you're ridding yourself of not only the thoughts, but also the energies of others. Yeah. And you're protecting yourself so that they don't accumulate. And, and I, when I sort of speak to my friends or... I've spoken to clients in the past and I've, they've said to me, I feel so drained and, and, you know, I'm an empath. I don't know how to protect myself. And so I say to them in the morning, um, when you wake up, just before you speak to anyone, before you look at your phone, just lay there and just ask yourself, how am I feeling today? And just take even just 20 seconds to just check in with your body and see if there's any tension, any stress, any sadness, any stress, worry, because if you go from feeling fine, at say 7am and then you've looked at your phone at 8am and all of a sudden you're feeling tension, stress or you're not feeling well, it's probably something that is outside of yourself. So you need to protect Mm. yourself from even online stuff. You need to protect yourself. definitely. And it's one of those questions I'll ask myself regularly of, is it mine? Yes. So sometimes I do wake up and I wake up feeling anxious. Yeah. And I think, well, there's nothing for me to feel anxious about. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I need a reminder from Pete and he'll say to you, is it yours? And so I'll ask, is this mine? And I get a very clear resounding thought in my head, no, it's not. Yeah. And I quite quickly recognise it's a friend or a family member, somebody that's going through a difficult time. And in their thoughts, they've just energetically reached out to me yeah. because they know that I might have the solutions or answers or help. Yeah. But because I'm quite empathic, I end up feeling it as well. So as soon as yeah. I recognise it's not mine, mm-hmm. I can just cut that connection seal and protect myself and then send them love and help and reach out in a more productive way yeah of course if it is mine I will then do meditation self-hypnosis some sort of therapy technique to find out what's going on and what it is I need to rebalance within myself that's it and I think when you're um when you become aware of yourself and you go on your spiritual journey you become aware of what spiritual tools work for you and what don't some work for me some don't Mm -hmm. um and it'll be different for all of us because we're all unique um, but I think what is 
great about the spiritual journey is you learn to have a toolbox. Yes. <laughs> so you put into it what works for you. Meditation has always been number one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but also sometimes hermiting myself away from people to replenish my energies. I'm very much, I like to stick my head in a book or in a movie, um, a high vibing movie. I won't watch any of the nonsense they put on Netflix and Amazon that's new. Sorry to anyone who likes it. <laughs> but I think that's real low vibing stuff. Um, you know, and just knowing what works for you, getting yourself back to where you should be. And I think, like you say, it's having that toolbox mm. of relying on different things at different times. So I know you use meditation a lot, yeah. but also diet and nutrition has been a huge part of your journey. Yes. Um, yeah, because the, obviously the meditation made me aware of everything. And all of a sudden I, I was like, um, I got diagnosed basically one after the other over a period of months with... Firstly, chronic fatigue syndrome, then ME, then eventually fibromyalgia. And I just I kind of thought, sorry if any doctors are listening. These doctors don't know what they're talking about. It's changed from one month to the other to the other. And they haven't done any extra tests. Um, you know, they hadn't even given me any medication or anything at this point. And I kind of rejected it. And I went away and I thought, when did this start? When did I start feeling the angst, the pains, the tiredness? I thought I had flu. And I thought they gave me lots of antibiotics. They gave me lots of steroids because obviously my asthma was playing up. Um, And I went back to before the flu, I'd had the flu jab. And I do believe that the flu jab caused the flu. The flu caused all the infections, uh, which um, all the antibiotics they gave me, it kind of really lowered my immune system, not helped it. Mm -hmm. Um, Same for the steroids courses that they put me on. Um, They upped my steroid inhaler as well. And I believe that they just completely destroyed my um, my gut flora, mm-hmm. basically. And I did a lot of reading and <clears throat> I believe I might have had, you know, leaky gut. I didn't bother going back to yep. the doctor with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the antibiotics destroyed my gut flora, basically. And that's the thing, antibiotics are non-discriminatory. They yes. will ruin the good bacteria in the body as well as yes. the bad. Yes. And if anyone ever tells me that they're on a course of antibiotics... I'm always like, are you taking pro and prebiotics as well to help replenish your gut bacteria? (laughs) And I find it fascinating how people are not aware of that. Oh, I wasn't aware either at the time. I thought antibiotics were good for you. Yes. And I just thought, oh, wow, this this has destroyed my health, not made it better. So I did a lot of reading online and I basically came to the conclusion, let's try detox. Um, Because I was just so tired, so ill. I didn't feel right at all. I three children that needed me every day and I couldn't even get myself out of bed some days gosh I was just in so much pain um I had aches pains I had headaches um and the exhaustion was just it sounds really debilitating it really was so when people tell me they've got fibro I just sort of say please do a detox before you go on all those pain medications because I believe that they suppress the symptoms but then every medication comes with a whole list of side effects most definitely. And I think that's the thing. Sometimes medications are necessary. Sometimes yeah. they're essential for people. Yeah. But then other times, like you say, they are masking a symptom. They're not dealing with the underlying cause. Yeah. So I think it's always important to investigate that underlying cause of what's really going on. Yeah. And then work out what needs to be healed, whether it's mental, emotional or physical. Yeah. To help balance everything out. Yeah. And I noticed at that time I was becoming more and more allergic to things. Um, and I think that's because it was like... Um, these antibiotics and the steroids had kind of destroyed my immunity. So I was just becoming so sensitive to everything. 
So I basically, I did do a really hardcore detox. I mean, I gave up sugar, I gave up aspartame, which I think is a poison and it's in so much stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I went vegan, I went gluten-free. I obviously meditated every day, but I took so many supplements. There were so many like different things online. I thought I'm going to take the lot. (laughs) (laughs) So I was on prebiotics, probiotics. I took turmeric, um, vitamin C. I took bromelain. I read that was a really good antihistamine, a natural one. Um, and do you know what? It didn't just heal the fibro mm. within a few months. It also healed IBS that had plagued me for years Gosh. up to that point. And I had really bad acid reflux. And I believe that was from the leaky gut. That makes sense. Yeah. And I managed to heal all of that. It's crazy. What an amazing journey. Yeah. And well done for having sort of the insight to go and research and find the alternatives. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what would work. Um, and some of those things well in fact I gave it all up eventually but as soon as you start feeling better it's like oh I'm just going to give up doing everything don't mm-hmm. you it's like when you get yourself to a good place mentally well I'm going to give up meditation now and then you know your mental health just declines very slowly very steadily back to where you're like oh I really need to meditate twice a day again for an hour each time yeah <laughs> so I would say keep it keep it up it's maintenance isn't yes. it a lot yeah. of it is about prevention I think yeah. in our society we're very reactive we wait until we're ill we wait until something's wrong yes. before we do something about it yeah whereas it'd be far better if we were putting in those measures to prevent things building up in the first place yes I do that now but I do like to learn a lesson in a real hard way <laughs> and I like to do it two or three times wrong just to be sure <laughs> I can't be the only one. <laughs> I think that's very standard human nature, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you said also that you've got asthma. Yes. So how have you dealt with that? Um, so I was finding that I was, um, I mean, I'd already sort of cured the IBS by this point, the acid reflux. Um, I'd gone vegan by this point as well, because I realised it was the red meat more than anything that was creating the IBS in me. Um, and uh, I've always had an intolerance to dairy, so it just made sense just to go vegan. Um, so I did that, um, but my asthma was still really bad, and I thought, I, I don't understand, so I, I did a bit more research on it. Um, it turned out I had a, an allergic reaction to sulfites, All right. which are in lots of foods that I mm-hmm. didn't know about, and more importantly, my wine that I liked. <laughs> It's so hard to find a sulfite-free wine. And I thought for all these years, I was just a lightweight. And I would have a glass of wine and I would feel dizzy. I'd feel sick. I felt drunk. Um, And it turned out to be sulfites, not the fact that I was just a lightweight. Oh, how interesting. Because I can drink a bottle of gin and be fine. Not that I do. (laughs) Not that I do. But I can. (laughs) But one glass of wine and I'd be sick. And I was thinking what is this and I had a really bad reaction one day to a cider I had a sip of cider mm. and I was sick everywhere it was like oh scenes from the exorcist <laughs> I love that film <laughs> but anyway so we figured out it was sulfites <laughs> so we then found that there was a link between sulfites and steroids in your system and I'd had 20 years of continual steroids Gosh. because of my inhaler um I don't go to the gym it wasn't those sort of steroids it was all from the inhalers <laughs> Um, so I'd built up a tolerance. That's why every time I needed to go to the doctors with a chest infection, I needed two or three sets of steroids, one after the other. So my body was just so used to taking mm-hmm. them. Um, so I just thought there's got to be a better way than this. So I did some research, natural healing. I'd already healed myself from the fibromyalgia that I'd been diagnosed with. I thought surely there's something for the asthma. 
and yep. this plagues me every day. I have to take these drugs every day. So I found salt inhalers, which are like eight pounds. They're in a ceramic like pipe thing with Himalayan salt in and you um, basically do that instead of a, oh, a normal I've never inhaler. heard of that. That's fascinating. I hadn't either. And I come across these things quite by coincidence, I say, but I think spirit might be guiding me a little. I, lo- so, I love that. When you become more spiritually aware, yeah. you start to notice that there's all these coincidences that yeah. just the right bit of information or the right person mm. appears at the exact moment you need it. And it's awareness of, ah, that feels like a sign to me. I'm going to follow that. So someone actually mentioned these salt inhalers to me and I thought, right, okay. I thought I had actually been questioning it myself. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is a sign. So I went and did some research and it turned out that they um, did a survey years ago. I think it was a survey uh, or a study um, on miners and they took miners from coal mines, um, also salt mines from oh, wherever yeah. they get the salt from um and it turned out that the lung health of the coal miners was awful as you can imagine Mm -hmm. but the lung health of the salt miners was excellent better than it should be for their age Mm -hmm. um because the salt particles in the air were almost like clearing it they clear out mucus it dries up the the reasons why like himalayan salt lamps are so good yes right okay yes i i found that out as i was doing this research and i was like ah Okay, so right. they clear up that mucus. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the steroid inhalers that I was on actually um, kind of counteracted the herbal remedies that I was taking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did actually think, oh, these herbal remedies aren't aren't working. But then I did a bit more research. I do like to read a lot online, and uh, that's what the internet's good for. I think mm-hmm. self research. Um, and uh, it turned out that they were counteracting each other. So I went. And I, I cold turkeyed off the steroid inhalers. I wouldn't recommend doing that. It's hardcore. And I would say yeah. if you are thinking of coming off any of your medication, it is always good to consult with your doctor first. Yes, and it's always good to do it gradually. <laughs> so that's my off. little bit of my professional hat going on there. Just to sort of say, if you're going to come off your medications, do it in a controlled, manageable way with medical support. I would also say that too now after having done it I just I'm just one of those really impulsive people sometimes and I don't think before I do something and I'm just like no that's it I've I've had enough and that's it it's changing right now yeah. and so I just took myself off but I really wouldn't recommend doing it that way um so I stopped doing that and then I started taking mullen leaf extract uh mullen is a plant okay and they um you know extract it make um it's quite a nice tasty thing with coconut in it oh, actually nice. it tastes nice um so if you've you don't have to just use this with asthma if you've got a cold if you've got a chest infection anything like that I would recommend trying mullen leaf and a salt inhaler um you don't need to have asthma that's really useful anyone with you know a lot of mucus on their chest um anyone that suffers with their sinuses I'd recommend both of those things um but also for asthma but it may you know it may not work because you're on the steroid inhalers and that's what I found. So after I took myself off of those inhalers and then I started on the Mullen Leaf, about three or four weeks later, it was great. I, I took it every day for about three or four months, this Mullen Leaf, mm-hmm. one in the morning, one in the evening, like it's maybe a milliliter of it, of All this right. liquid. It's a real tiny amount that you take. Mm-hmm. And every time I felt wheezy, I would just take the salt inhaler instead. Um... And I've been doing that now since I think 2021 and I can't remember the last time I used the Leaf or the salt inhaler. And That's I've amazing. not had a chest infection since. Um, yeah, 
that's a really big transformation, isn't it? Then if you're Huge. not having to put all those steroids and all those antibiotics into your body yeah. three or four times a year. I've had asthma for nearly 30 years and this is the first time I've never had to have a course of antibiotics or steroids. In that's my incredible. Yeah. Wow. You're a real inspiration. It's amazing what you've <laughs> done for you. yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's really helped. And um, I, I, go, I recommend these things to anyone. You don't have to have any of these things wrong with you. You can, you can still be supplementing and using these things and having them in your first aid kit, you know. Definitely. And I always say to people, if you hear these things, go and do your own research. Yes. Go and look it up. Go and see if it's the yeah. right thing for you because different people need different things. Yeah. But in our day-to-day society, we're just not aware that these these alternatives out there. Yeah. And so I think they can really change people's lives for the better. I think so too. And like you say, not everything works, you know, the same for everybody. Because I've had things recommended to me. Um, can't think what off the top of my head, but I've tried them and I've thought, oh, that doesn't really do anything for me. Or mm-hmm. it might create a horrible side effect. And I think, <laughs> oh, that really didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Um, and then I'll go research some more and find something else. Mm-hmm. There's always something out there. There is. And so you've also said, as well as sort of the nutritional side, as well as the meditation, mm-hmm. a big part of your journey has been you're developing spiritual beliefs over time. Yes. I mean, I've always been quite spiritual. Um I mean, I suffered with sleep paralysis when I was about 25. All right. Um, That was a pretty terrifying Mm. um, experience. And I didn't actually dare speak to anyone about it because I thought they're going to think I'm mad and lock me up. Yeah. Because it just was crazy. I'd be woken in the middle of the night. I'd feel like there was something sitting on my chest. I could not move my body. I couldn't speak. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just crazy. Um, But I was... I've always been quite spiritual. I used to see spirit as a child, so I don't know whether I was already open and that's how I'd attracted this in right. for the sleep paralysis. That that could be, you know, because I was open. Um, but I remember just laid there one night, absolutely terrified. It had been happening for months. Mm-hmm. I was um, so tired. I was just exhausted and I was at breaking point. And I just remember praying. And I'm not religious, Um but I, I know the Lord's Prayer, as I think most of us do from yeah. my age, because we have to say it every day in assembly. <laughs> so I just remember thinking, I'm just going to pray. Mm-hmm. So I started saying the Lord's Prayer over and over and over in my head. And do you know what? It worked. It just kind of, I felt it lift off of me. That's amazing. And then all of a sudden, oh, I can breathe again. Because mm-hmm. it really feels like it's sat on your chest. It's really scary. Um, and that progresses, I find, from, you know, just sitting on your chest to seeing shadow men to seeing astral bugs crawling across your ceiling whatever they think will terrify you because they're feeding off of your energy they will do to you and I found the only way to get rid of it was to um this is when I first learned about Archangel Michael Mm -hmm. I called in Archangel Michael three times to make sure it was him (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and asked for his protection um Mm -hmm. asked for his blue protective cloak you know please give me strength courage and protection yeah um and then I would say the Lord's Prayer every time I felt it coming on and it went away for years um it did come back a few times after that Mm -hmm. but again I would just do the same thing and I added in more protection over the years with protecting myself psychically I would just imagine a big white bubble around me um, and I would almost scan my auric field for any tears, holes, mm-hmm. and try and patch them up myself, you yeah. know, or call in angelic support, spirit guide support. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would imagine the same around the house. I almost imagined a great big white wall, you know, 50 feet tall around yeah. the house. And then I would imagine the house in a pyramid, a white pyramid of protection. And I don't even know where that came from. I didn't read a book for those. They just kind of They just came appear, yeah. <laughs> 
yeah mm-hmm. it was crazy because I hadn't actually read any spiritual books at that point but years later I read books that said exactly to do that and I thought oh how bizarre that I just knew and I found very much the same when yeah. I've been doing that sort of work yeah I've ended up doing it whether it's for myself or my clients yeah and then sometime later I've picked up a book yeah and I thought, oh I've already been doing that and that's yeah. fascinating well it's like that one consciousness thing we, we're all connected together you know I think we've kind of lost that in this you know culture that we live in Mm -hmm. now but you know many years ago um we would have had that one consciousness where if someone's got the idea then it is there to be had if you can connect to it which is such an amazing thing that's really inspiring that we could connect in with all those possibilities and I think like you say we've become very insular within ourselves we tend to see ourselves as being very separate now in the way our society is constructed yeah. But if you think about it more scientifically, we're all atoms and molecules that are vibrating, as is everything around us. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we've got to be connected on some level. Yeah, I agree mm. totally. And you read about ancient civilizations that didn't, um, you know, communicate with their voices. They communicated telepathically. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, would suggest one consciousness mm-hmm. as well, you know. I found that recently it's been a bit of a byproduct as I've become more spiritual as is my husband. Yeah. And I'm not so good at it, but sometimes I will be talking in my head and he knows what I've said and he'll answer me. I'm like, how did you do that? I didn't say anything out loud. He's like, well, I just heard what you were saying. Yeah. One time I was in the <laughs> fridge and I was like sorting the fridge out and I was singing Shiny from Moana in my head. <laughs> and he, he walked in from work and he's like, are you singing Shiny from Moana? And I was like, yes, I am. I'm a little bit embarrassed about this now, but how did you know? Because there was nothing audible there. So I do think we have got these skills. Yeah. We just haven't been taught how to develop them within ourselves. And I think the more that you trust someone... Um, the more you open up spiritually, psychically to them. Because mm-hmm. I can do that. With, I know when my friends are upset, if, even if we haven't spoken in months. And I, I know when I need to ring a friend um, or a family member. Um, and I always know what my partner's thinking. <laughs> he I doesn't like it. It's really interesting, isn't it? But I think we all do those bits. I mean, there'll be lots of people listening. How many times have you had something where you think about somebody and then all of a sudden you get a text message or a yes. phone call from yes. them? Yes. Um, and you just sort of have some sort of connection yeah. or link. Yeah. And I think also, I think it's really useful what you're saying about uh, how you had this sleep paralysis and other issues, because lots of us have different things that we just catch something out of the corner of our eye. We yeah. feel something, the hairs on the back of our neck stand on end, or we feel like we're being watched or uneasy. Yes. And we end up dismissing these things yeah. because we're taught that they don't exist. Yeah. Um, and there isn't a scientific explanation for them. Yeah. And... I think it's really important to share these experiences because there's so many clients and people I know and they'll end up saying to me, I've never told anyone this before, Mm -hmm. but this happened to me or I had this experience, but I haven't wanted to share it because people will think I'm crazy. Yeah. Whereas if we all spoke about it openly, there's so many more of us that have had experiences than I think we would actually realise. There there really is because um, I've had people come to me before and say, you're going to think I'm mad, but... (laughs) And then they'll say whatever it is and I'll be like, no, it's either happened to me or I know someone else it's happened to uh, or I I just believe you. I just know it could be true. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's good to be open, but we kind of live in a culture where it seems not to be safe to talk about those sort of things, really. I don't know whether that's some sort of, you know, past life thing that, you know, perhaps we were witches and, you know burned at the stake for doing so or whatever they used to do to them yeah and I think them. it has been something that's been feared throughout societies yeah. at different times yeah those extra beliefs that go 
beyond the normal and the extra skills and abilities. And I think they've really been suppressed. Yeah. But I think now it is waking up more and more yeah. within society in general. And there's lots more information out there. Yeah. But I, I know from my personal experience, because you know, obviously, how I work now, mm-hmm. I work in a very transpersonal way. So yeah. I very much believe in connective consciousness, collective mm-hmm. consciousness. I believe in angels and guides. Yes. I believe in past lives and future lives yeah. and I also do entity release work. Yeah. However, when I started doing that, I felt for years that I had to keep it really hush hush that yeah. I was doing that. Yeah. Because if it got out there that I was doing that, I would lose my credibility. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's nonsense. Yeah. And since I've been more open, there's been so many people that I've been able to help in a different way than what I could before. Yeah. And there's often people that have been going around from therapist to therapist, person to person, they've never quite found the solution. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's been something beyond the five senses yeah. that's needed dealing with. It's because we're conditioned to think that way. We're conditioned to think that that's crazy. Mm. These things couldn't possibly happen to anyone. Yeah. I mean, we had quite an interesting experience right at the end of the past life course with oh, you, yes. didn't we? So yeah. <laughs> all the way through the past life course, you were quite interesting because we're very practical on the past life course. So all the practical days together, we spend the whole day exploring the past lives of each other, developing those therapeutic skills. Yeah. But each time you were having the experience, you felt like you were only getting like glimpses of yes. the past lives and almost there was a block in place. Yes, um, because I, I knew that it wasn't because um, when I meditate, I can see very clearly and I can hear things and, you know, from my guides or whatever. And I'm shown things. But when I was doing the past life, it didn't happen that way. And I expected it to because it is just like going into a really deep meditation into trance. Um, and I've been in that place many times and it's worked and I can see things, but I was just getting almost like a postcard picture. And then I was almost having to make up what was going with it because I'd be asked all these questions by, you know, the other um, students practicing. And I'd be thinking, I don't actually know. I don't have any more information than that. Mm-hmm. I can't give this to you. And I came away thinking there's something wrong with me because... I can meditate and I get lots and lots of stuff and then I'm doing a past life regression and I can't get anything. It's just, it didn't make any sense. Yeah. So it got all the way to the final weekend of the course <laughs> and you'd all done your case studies. Yeah. So and we were having a discussion about those and it became apparent that a couple of you had experienced entities in different forms during those case studies. So instead of it being just a standard past life, although we know there's never necessarily such thing as a standard past life, yeah. On top of that, there'd been that extra layer of some lost souls that had also wanted to participate in the process to help being sent to the light. So we scrapped what we were going to do. And (laughs) instead, I started teaching you the basics of spirit release work. Yeah. And as I started talking, you started to have some thoughts, didn't you? Well, um, you were giving us kind of like um, stories of, um, you know, entity release, spirit release that you'd done. And with every one, I could relate <laughs> every single one. And I just thought, oh, oh. And the more you were telling me and the more I was going, oh, oh, my God. Oh, oh, dear. <laughs> and I was thinking, I think I might have an attachment after everything you said. <laughs> so you said that and you were very good. And you said, is there a way that we can work on this? And you said that you'd be happy for everyone else to observe. Yes. So they could see us. I was like, right, okay then, that's what we're doing. So we got our recording equipment on. Yeah. Not that the recording devices worked in no, the end, because no. every time you spoke when it was communicating with the entities, the sound cut off. But yeah. never mind, that was one of those things. Yeah. 
But there we did a spirit release session on you. Yeah, and funny enough, you talk about the technology. I always seem to have a problem with technology cutting out on me and not working. And after doing that and you saying that the technology didn't work, I thought, was that one of the entities doing that? (laughs) Um, I don't actually recall that much from it. Um, It was almost like I tried to step aside so you could speak to them but at the same time I'm I'm sat there thinking this is crazy I'm mad no I'm making this up no this is cra- this doesn't feel right I must be making this up I'm go- that's all I kept thinking over yeah. and over and over um and then I could I'm like god Victoria you're so stupid and then I heard myself calling you stupid and I thought <laughs> oh my god I thought did that come from me? And that was at the point that I thought, oh, I'm not making this up. Okay. And yeah. I just stopped overthinking and I let you deal with it. And it wasn't you calling me stupid. It was one of the entities, wasn't it? That wasn't really very happy with me for yeah. disturbing its work. It was calling me stupid as well as you. Because yeah. internally, it's like, you're so stupid. You're so stupid. Yeah. And then I heard you, you know, you're stupid as well. <laughs> I thought, that's rude. <laughs> To be honest, I've been called a lot worse yeah, by them. Yeah. So that didn't phase me at all. That was quite tame. <laughs> but you'd had two with you and mm. I find it hard to recall it because when I'm doing this work, I get into a very meditative yeah. state and I have a lot of protection around me. Yeah. And so almost once I've done it, I let it go out of my system because yes. I don't want to be dwelling on it. Yeah. You have let me write it down though, haven't you, for yes. my book, which yeah. will, once it's written, I've got a whole book coming out yes. on entity release work and telling the yes. stories of the entities that I've worked with and the clients that have Mm. overcome the difficulties that they faced. But from what I remember, you had two with you. Yes. And they were both non-human. Yes. And they'd come in one when you were very young. Yes, about um, five. About five years old. And then one when you were going through all this difficult period with your health. Yes, it was, yeah. And they'd come in very much to stop you being well. Yeah. They'd come in to make you poorly. Yeah. One of them even said that that was the depression they'd cause the depression yes. and they'd basically come in to cause as much havoc as they could yeah and they were rather frustrated because their efforts were going to waste because you'd still managed to make all of this progress despite them being there yeah that's right yeah because I've, I've kind of learned um because obviously I've had that connection now with spirit um and and my guides and whatever and I just know that you can you can do a bit of work to suppress these things um by just by just raising your vibrations, mm-hmm. by raising your mood yourself yeah. um, and not taking lots of drugs to do that because I don't think that they help. I think they probably make it worse. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking just about illegal substances. I'm talking about legal big pharma type drugs because they, um, you know, some of those suppress, you know, like like the Prozac, the main ingredient is to suppress, close your third eye off, isn't it? Right. Okay. Fluoride. Yeah, so it's going to be having a massive impact on sort of what it's you're medical connecting name in is with. Fluoxetine. Fluoride, oh, fascinating. So, yeah, and that's why I felt such a disconnection when I was on it for so long mm-hmm. because I was just completely closed off. I'd always had that connection with spirit since a child and it had gone. How interesting. That was the only thing keeping me sane mm-hmm. and they, it had taken it away. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, I forgot the question now. <laughs> <laughs> talking about those entities so basically long story short we found out what they were wanting how long they'd been with you yes what it was that allowed them to attach mm-hmm. 
And then my job was to basically persuade them they didn't want to do that anymore. Yeah. So there was a little bit of resistance, but they weren't too bad. Yeah. So one of them was quite vain, was they? And they particularly liked to be in the limelight. They wanted <laughs> oh, that's that promotion. Right. That's right. And so yeah. I had to persuade them that the light doesn't harm them because they're yeah. told that the light will harm them. But obviously that's that source, that's connection. Yeah. So as soon as they are aware of the light, they can start to heal. Yes. Making them aware that they've got free will and they don't have to do bad things anymore if they don't want to they have got a choice Mm -hmm. and that they have been tricked and that they can't cease to exist and as soon as I've managed to persuade them with that they were quite amenable and ready to go yeah so what we did is they gave their original names and Mm -hmm. then I let them choose a new name before they went into the light but the condition was that they had to choose the light and they had to withdraw their energy from you and balance out any of your imbalances and give you your energy back which yes. they did. So that one in particular we're just talking about chose the new name of Prince. Oh, yes, it yeah, did. Prince. Yeah, and the other one chose the name of Cyan. Yes. And so they went off into the light <laughs> together. But what was really interesting was what happened the next day in terms of the past life sessions you had. Yeah, because um, we, we obviously got to practice on each other before the end of the course. And um, all of a sudden, it was like a meditation again. I could see stuff. I could hear stuff. Things were happening. They were able to progress me in age through that life and I just hadn't been able to do that before I'm so glad that you got that experience before the end of the course yeah, because so I think I. if you're going out there to be a therapist yeah you knew it worked you were having remarkable transformations yes. with the other students in your case studies mm. but to be able to experience it yourself gives it that extra validation it does. so I'm just so glad that you got to have that experience so before the end of the course yeah because <laughs> I kept thinking what's wrong with me why can't I do this it just didn't make any sense mm-hmm. and then as soon as you start talking about you know entities I was like oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but I think it doesn't even need to always be something as strong external as that. It can be the people you're around. And mm. you were sort of sharing about, obviously, your experience at different times you've recognised perhaps some of the people you were living with in the past were not very healthy for you and your energy and it was starting to really impact you. Yes. Um, so I, I think that I've been sent on this, this life to have this healing journey, um, mind, body and soul. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been given a very sensitive body, so I've had to you know, be really careful what I put in it. Um, same for the mind and same with the soul. If I feel a disconnection with spirit, then I just think, what's the point in being here? Um, but I've become very aware of that. And I notice now when people aren't good for my energy. Yeah. And that's not just people I live with. It's been friends that I've had to. Um, I didn't just cut off relationships, but I have set boundaries. And that in itself has destroyed the relationship. Yes. <laughs> because they were quite happy walking all over me, um, draining me of energy. And me, I, I, I like to be amenable and I like to be a good friend and I like to help people. So, you know, if people ask me for help, yeah, yeah, I'll come and I'll help you and I'll do this and I'll do that. And, you know, and then if you suddenly say no... I'm not going to do that anymore because it's too draining for me or I don't have the time or, you know, they suddenly don't like it. Mm-hmm. And so the relationship will just expire anyway. Mm-hmm. But I do think that these people can bring your vibes down to such a level that I believe the um, sleep paralysis actually started when I was with an ex <laughs> because he was so low vibing himself. And. If, like I say, if you're living with somebody that's low vibing yeah. or in a relationship with them, you're going yeah. to start to pick it up. Yes. I mean, I know that even if, like, sorry, Pete, but if, <laughs> if he's had a really tough day at work, yeah. 
and he comes home feeling drained and depleted. He's had customers yelling and shouting at him. He's had yeah. a tough day. Yeah. As soon as he walks through the door, before I even speak to him, yeah. I just feel like there's a cloud that's entered the house, like and a it's dark cloud. Like you tense up inside, and it's yeah. like, and then and then I'll, I'll do the same, and I'll be like. Why are you in such a bad mood? I'm not in a bad mood. I haven't even said anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we're lucky in our household, and I think it's very much the same for you and your partner now. We recognise that. Yeah. So if Pete does come in, I'll be like, your energy seems like you're flat and you're low. Have you had a bad day? Would yes. you like to talk about it? Yeah. And if you want to talk about it, are you wanting me to help you with a solution or are you just wanting me to listen? Yeah, that's a good and way to do it. <laughs> once we've done that... Then he works on himself to let that go. Yeah, that's because a good way to do having it. those tools yeah. to shift it, so we don't end up staying that way for very long, which yeah. is positive. But yeah. I think without having those tools, like you say, having that toolbox, mm-hmm. you can very easily get stuck in that disharmonious way of thinking and feeling. Yeah, that's a healthy way to do it because otherwise there becomes tensions and resentments between partners or children or friends or whoever you're having this this with um because you might think that there's something that you've done wrong when actually they have just had a bad day or something mm-hmm. um but, and they don't want to talk about it yeah but it's much healthier to learn to communicate about these things and have someone help you definitely isn't it a problem shared is problem half something like that yeah, yeah. i'd agree and, and i'm so lucky because i've got lots of friends that if i need anything yeah i can contact them and I chit chat away about it and then yeah. all of a sudden it doesn't feel as bad. And I think yeah. sometimes it is having that external person to be able to bounce off, yeah. to look at things from a different perspective and say, have you considered it in this way? Yeah. Or just, I understand. Or thank yes. you for just listening to me. And I think it's good to have friends that are um, also aware because sometimes you can complain to a friend because you just want to get it off your chest. And then they kind of bring it down to the drama level and then you get caught up in a drama cycle mm-hmm. and that's not good. And it doesn't do anyone any no. good. I, I think it's important to sometimes raise an issue to bring it up to say, yes. like, this is a problem I'm struggling with. But then rather than getting stuck in the problem or the drama, yeah. what are the solutions? Yes, How can it. I move forward with this? What can I learn from it yeah. so that it can help me within my life? That's exactly the way to do it. Because I think sometimes we, when we work on ourselves as well and we raise our vibrations, we often find that the people that we had surrounded ourselves with aren't on our level anymore. Yes. Um, and you do have to change. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I went on my spiritual journey, I didn't only get divorced, but I pretty much only have maybe two friends from <laughs> the old days. Yeah. Um, I had to let everyone else go because they kept bringing me back down to where I didn't want to be anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And I still need to get things off my chest, but I want them to give me solutions or, you know, say to me, it's okay to feel like that. Just let it go now. Rather than going, oh, did they say that? Oh, I can't believe, you know, getting caught in a drama cycle because then I'll fall back down to that level. And then I've got to work all the way to get back up there again. <laughs> Which that's hard work in itself. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. but it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you. Thank you. Have you got anything else, any key points or any other things that you would like to share with the audience? Well, I've got sort of some, you know, final things that I feel have been important to me. So mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, whenever I speak to anyone that goes for specifically antidepressants, this is, um, I always implore them, please try meditation before medication, because I just know what it did for me. It made me worse and worse and worse and worse before I quite literally was wanting to take my life. And I do believe that was down to the medication. I wasn't that bad when I first went to the doctor. 
Um, I also believe that you are your own best doctor. Um, so if you become aware of everything that you're consuming, body, mind and soul, so with your body, the food that you're eating, um, the drinks, drugs, legal and illegal, um, I think you've got to be aware of what's going in your body and how you're feeling before and how you're feeling after. Some things will make you feel better, like, you know, really good food, uh, as opposed to sugar or aspartame or too much alcohol. That's going to lower the, your vibe mm-hmm. and it's going to leave you feeling depressed. Um, I think with your mind, you have to be really careful with what you're reading and watching. There's I so agree. much low vibe stuff out mm-hmm. there. Turn the news off, please. <laughs> Turn it off. <laughs> Most of it's not true anyway. Um, it's all about sensualizing. Sense. What's that word? Say that word for me. Sense. Sensualization. Sensationalization. Yes, <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> Let's think it of a sensationalizes different, different yes, things. It sensationalizes yeah. everything. Yeah. I really can't say that word. <laughs> I'm terrible for that. So you have to be careful with what you're reading, what you're watching, um, because that will in turn be what you think about the most. Mm-hmm. And if it's all negative, negative, drama, drama, that's where your mind's going to go all the time. And I know this because I've lived through this. Yep. These are all lessons that I have personally learned. Mm-hmm. They're not just things that I like to tell people because I think they sound good. I've been there, done it. And, you know, with your soul as well, you've got to be careful with who you have around you. You've got to know how to protect yourself psychically because, let's face it, in most of our jobs, we're going to be surrounded at some point with people who don't align with us. And that's okay. You know, we have to be aware that we, we will come across all types in life. And we're not all, you know, going to be on the same path, on the Mm -hmm. same level, whatever you want to call it. Um, So you just have to learn to protect yourself and you have to learn boundaries. That's still an ongoing lesson for me. Me too. I think it is with a lot of spiritual people, but you have to even just put in place just really basic ones of learning how to say no. And I think that's huge. I think that's so empowering when you learn how to say no. And also that you don't have to give an explanation as to why no is enough. Yes, because I would always think, right, I'm going to say no because I don't want to do that. And then they'd be like, but what excuse can I give? And and now I am like you and I'm thinking, no, I'm just going to say no because I don't want to do it. No, end of. That, that's all that needs to be said. Mm. I don't know why I always thought I have to have a good, good enough reason to say yes. no. You don't. You don't. Just say no. Um, and I also believe you need to learn um, about karmic relationships and also um, how to you know, dissolve old soul contracts from past lives and stuff, because I believe that that is your life path is, you know, in this life, different to the last one. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you're carrying something over, mm-hmm. um, like I believe my ex and I have a karmic relationship. I learned how to cut cords. I learned how to, um, uh, you know, dissolve soul contracts. Um, you've also taught me in the past life regression course how to retrieve soul fragments now so I've also done that with it mm-hmm. um but I, do I think when we've that... had those disharmony disharmonious relationships yes. with other people we can lose parts of our essence parts yes. of our soul and our energy yes. Yes. not only in this lifetime but previous lifetimes yeah and although that energy is still connected to us somewhere when it's not part of our core essence and our being we yeah. can feel lost, we can feel hopeless, we can yes. feel depressed, we can feel like we're struggling or we don't quite belong. Yeah. And it's because we haven't got the whole of ourselves. Yeah. So by healing those issues 
And also, like you say, balancing out the karmic relationships mm -hmm. so that there's no longer a tit for tat yeah. um, situation going on. So there's not one person violating another person's free will. Yes. It helps you to bring yourself back to who you really are and, and connect with your higher purpose. And it helps you to break generational karma as well, because I think a lot of us are born into families where the, the you know, the patterns are just repeated and repeated. And it's like there's lots of souls at this time here, I think, to break those bonds and to start something new, something better for all. Um, so it's up to us to learn these things on how to break these generational, I call them curses, but it's just... Well, they are, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> really things is. that have held back generation after generation yes. after generation. Yeah. And I think one of the really powerful generational curses we're releasing at the moment in Britain is that stiff upper lip. Yes. So I think throughout time we've been told, no matter what happens to you, stiff upper lip, nice and stoic about yeah. it, very yeah. strong, you don't show an emotional reaction. And of course, emotion is just energy in motion. And if it's bottled down, bottled down, bottled down and not dealt with, mm -hmm. it's going to come out in more destructive ways, whether it's anger or violence, whether it's depression, whether it's addictions. Yeah. So if we can now be releasing it in a healthy way by learning different therapeutic tools, yeah. different personal development and spiritual development tools, yeah. then that stops with us. It doesn't go forwards to our children and our grandchildren. Yeah. We can shift things very, very quickly. And it's OK to be sensitive. I think we've been desensitised for so long mm -hmm. and taught to be tough and strong. And it's okay to be those things as well as sensitive. Yeah. And I think, I think it doesn't have to be either or. Yeah. We can be both. Both. We can be everything. I think it's about bringing balance. Yeah. And I think in some ways the scales have tipped from one extreme to the other at the moment and we're trying to work out that new equilibrium. I think so But too. I think we'll get there and the quicker we can self-heal, mm -hmm. then the better the world will be. And the more of us that raise our vibrations at this time and heal ourselves and break these generational karmic bonds, I think it's easier for other people to do it. It's like that domino effect. It's much easier for other people to pick up on those ideas and go with it. Most definitely. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for joining me today. I've absolutely loved it. I mean, how lucky am I that part of my job is just getting to spend time with my friends and chat? I know, it's great. <laughs> so I really hope for anyone that's listening that you have got what you need at this time from this conversation. And if you want any more information, please do get in contact with us. And whatever you're doing, have a great day. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you are interested in what we do, please go to my website, www.tranquil-awakenings.co.uk. As well as information on the therapies I offer, there is also links to my Past Life Regression Therapists programme and my professional hypnotherapy training programmes. If you are looking for online training for self-development, please go to debbieison.thinkific.com. And also remember to follow me on social media. Simply on Facebook, type in Tranquil Awakenings to find my business page. And I'm also on Instagram. I love hearing from you. Please do send any comments or questions. And if you have any ideas of what you would like me to talk about on future episodes, please do send me a message.